Welcome to another episode of Growth Marketers Podcast. I'm Solomon Timothy. And I am Taylor Rowe. Uh, today's episode, we actually did another Q&A session to questions um, that were submitted by our listeners. So we appreciate you guys for submitting those questions. I think we got to three different topics today, covered everything from, I guess, a lot of revolving around SEO, search engine optimization, as well as pay-per-click, what people should do in terms of deciding between the two, what to do within uh, ad campaigns, and how do we understand uh, when our ads are working or not working, if we if we are experiencing what we call ad fatigue. Um, and then the last question we, we answered and wrapped up um, was, what was it around? Of course, I know <laughs> the answer. Uh, it was around the best tools for pay-per-click. Best tools, yeah, around uh, pay-per-click as well. So uh, some great topics there, and uh, hopefully you guys find some value. So Taylor, today we have um, questions yep. from our audience that we're going to try to answer. Great. That's okay with you? It's okay with me. All right, let's go. Um, so in this episode, let's cover as many questions as we can. Okay. And then we can kind of go through one by one. So the first question maybe you can answer is, what is better, SEO or pay-per-click? Yeah. Um, that Believe it or not, it's a pretty common question that, that people ask, you know, is what should I do, SEO or PPC? Um or both? It's a tough one. Yeah, I mean, ideally both, right? When you look at this, the strategy behind... I think the reason that people compare those two is that it's very... The end result is very similar for um, what we would call as like a bottom of the funnel search, right? So if you're looking for uh, an SEO agency, you go to Google, you search SEO agency Chicago, and then at the top, there's the paid results, and right underneath that is the organic results. So... The question is, well, do people click on the paid ads or they click on the organic results or is it going to be more cost effective to do the paid or the organic? But when you start to dive into them individually, the strategy starts to differ um, depending on the search intent. So ideally, a more top of the funnel research related search would be something you would probably focus on more organically uh, and then more bottom of the funnel is something you'd be willing to pay for. Uh, in an ideal world, you'd be in both positions, right? Because if there's 10 results organically and then four ads, 14 spots on the first page uh, where you could show up, if you can show up in two out of those 14, right. it's better, right? And Higher whether chance. or not they click on that, you're still getting more impression share. You're getting in front of them. I mean, it's a free advertisement, right? If they don't click on it. So I would say, which is better? I would look at a couple of things. I would look at the level of competition, and actually, probably, depending on your current standing, let's say you're just moving into this market, it's extremely competitive. Uh, it might actually make sense to, even though it's going to be more expensive, to start with paid ads. Because if you're paying for that traffic, uh, there's the only way you can guarantee that you can start to get some of that traffic, right? And you only have to compete with that competitor on a per search basis, essentially, right? So if your competitor is spending $100,000 a month on ads, and you only have $1,000, technically, you could still compete depending on the actual cost per click because for those, you're just trying to get a piece of the pie, right? Correct. You don't have to compete, uh, you know, every for every keyword. search that's happening. You only ser- compete for those searches within that budget range, you know, between noon and five that day or whatever that right. may be when you're trying to show up. You just have to compete at that time. So, whereas organic search for the same idea. It's extremely competitive. Let's say we're trying to rank for you know, life insurance or you know, whatever, auto insurance. 
uh, it's so competitive that it's almost impossible to get in the first within the first three or four pages of Google. So if that's the case, it is a zero sum game, right? Where you have to compete at all the time. Like you can't just show up number one for a couple hours throughout the day or for half of the searches, right? Or for 10% of the searches. Whereas with paid, you could show up theoretically for just 10% of the time and just try to get a piece of the puzzle and get enough business for you to make sense. Even though your competitors are much larger, we're just trying to get a, a piece of that pie. So I would say it depends on the level of competition. If it's feasible, if all things are equal, it's feasible for you to actually compete and rank organically. Um, that's probably where my preference, where I would start to slide the scale towards putting a uh, more of an emphasis on organic search, because almost always in the long run, uh, showing up organically is going to be more profitable for you because Google ads are just going to continue to increase uh, in cost. Uh, it's going to be con- continually more expensive for you to acquire another customer. And that cost to acquire that customer or acquire that lead is always going to exist, right? So right. whereas organic search, again, theoretically, once you get to that number one position, you're not spending as much effort or you're not spending as much time trying to rank for that or focusing on that keyword or improving that particular page. So that cost per lead essentially, you know, is infinite. I mean, there, there's, or, you know, I guess it, it goes away because right. you're not spending any more time or effort on that particular keyword where even if you do a great job optimizing through paid search, let's say we're at $20 cost per lead. It's always going to be $20 per lead. Every incremental click, every incremental lead that you get is another $20. Whereas organic, if all of a sudden, huge increase in demand, right? We have perfect example. We have a couple of manufacturing clients actually that during this pandemic, all of a sudden, the demand for one of their products, which is a sanitizing product, went up exponentially overnight, seemingly, right? All of a sudden, there was tens of thousands of searches for this one product product that they could manufacture. And because they ranked number one organically for years and years, there there was no extra cost, right? Whereas if we were just relying on paid, those 10,000 searches, even at a dollar a piece, would have cost $10,000 to get those clicks. So I think in the long run, it's always going to be more beneficial organically, but you have to be realistic with your starting position and the level of competition. Yeah. And also, if you do them both, you can learn where can you right. show up for, right? There's a lot of research that we use paid search yeah. to drive the SEO strategy. That if you don't have that paid search, it's hard to figure out what keyword should I be working yeah. on from an SEO perspective. Yeah, that's a great point of like a starting point. Um, if you're starting, I you know I was assuming start when I said starting point is like you know you're already on page three or you're you know sure. wherever you're at or the level of competition. If you're really doing nothing today and you're like okay I'm going to start investing into SEO or PPC, trying to decide what to do, and you're still trying to decide which search terms to go after, uh, which ones are going to drive the most value for you, I would almost say start with paid. Right, it would be a strategy yep. if you're worried about budget, especially. I would start with paid first, three months, six months, because you're going to learn so much faster within Absolutely. paid. Uh, I mean, you have to understand what you're looking for in the data and what's going to be a positive sign or a negative sign. But again, with organic search, you could start to optimize. You could pick 100 keywords that you want to focus on. And then it takes you years to get all 100 of those keywords to the first page. 
And let's say best case scenario, you did it in six months. You really knew what you were doing or you're working with a great partner. You got it there six months. Now you've spent this time, effort, money over six months. Now you start to get the data and you might realize, well, these leads that are coming in through this search aren't very qualified because of you know X, Y, and Z, or they don't really know our industry or it's a bad search term. Whereas if you did that on paid, you could have found out within the first six weeks rather yep. than the first six months. So yeah, I think that's a great idea for almost anybody trying to decide what you want to do organically. Start with a paid strategy to help determine what that might look like. Yeah, especially long tail keywords, they're always changing. Mm-hmm. And you would now have no idea what people are searching, especially yeah. when, you know, things change in the uh, economy or whatever you want to call it. People right. are going to search different things, variations that we never thought of. Yeah, um, see, that's, a, that's another good point, too, that you bring out about paid, where I think paid is sort of a necessary evil in this world that we live in with yep. Google is because of that exact reason is there's such a high percentage. I think it's something of like 13% or 15%. Um, that would even be higher of all searches uh, on a daily basis are unique searches, right? So if that's the case, you can't optimize for organic searches have never been searched before. But through paid search, you could set up a you know broad match or uh, phrase match or something along those lines where you start to cast a wider net and collect some of those ancillary searches that may be relevant for you. Um, so I, I don't think that you're, you know, you're never really going to be able to do that exactly in that scenario from an organic perspective, yep. uh, especially if you're in an industry where some of your services or um, search terms have a lot of variations and you feel like when you're trying to optimize organically, you have to prioritize one or the other, right? And you have to say, well, I want to show up for best SEO agency instead of top SEO agency or this or that, you do kind of have to pick one of that semantic one or the version. Other. I mean, Google, there are different, there are different results, right? And so with paid search, you you don't, I mean, you can do both and with the same amount of focus or prioritization. Um, and that's just one example, but the same idea would, would ring true for a lot of different search terms. Great answer. I hope uh, we did a good job answering that Hopefully one. Hopefully I answered your question. So let, let's look at the second question. That's a good one. So this would I'll ask you this, Solomon. How do you manage Facebook ad fatigue? So maybe start with what does that mean? Facebook, Facebook ad is fatigue. Facebook is tired. I mean it's a need to take a break. Yep. <laughs> you gotta yeah. switch Twitter, Instagram, something else. Um, so Facebook ad fatigue is when you run the same ad over and over, just like you see in commercial, the same Cheerios commercial comes on 150 times. You're just like, man, I don't really care about that anymore. After a while, you you just don't pay attention. It just it's like you're becoming numb to it. So many many times when advertisers run campaigns, they work really well for a period of time and then it stops working. Yeah. So the advertisers, what happened? What did I change? Technically, there's nothing you could have done. You know, the offer is kind of stale. The creative is stale. The picture, everything about it is stale. That they don't really care. So. You fight that by continuing to come up with different ad creatives. You continue to optimize. That's what we say. The moment that you start to see diminishing returns, you start to go back and say, hey, should we change You know, the ad copy? Should we change the creative? The thing about Facebook, though, is you have so many different types of ads that you can run yeah. that you shouldn't be having this problem if you're consistently creating different types of ad creatives. When I say consistent, it depends on how bad it is for your own ad account. Some yeah. people could run for a long time, but others can't. Right. So depending on how small your niche, your audience is, you can do video ads, you can do carousel ads, you can do just picture ads. Yeah. Anything that you could use 
what we call thumb stop and creative should allow you to not have this problem. Yeah. So how often would you recommend then changing the creative? Are you talking you're mainly talking about the creative on the ad in this scenario? In this scenario, it's primarily there there could be the whole yeah. targeting is off itself that nobody even cares. However, you can't really have ad fatigue until you kind of had some luck, some right. people seeing it, some people clicked on it and it's just not working anymore. It's the same thing happens in retargeting as well. Same thing happens in anywhere. Right. It's any kind of ads. I think the creative is is a huge piece of it. Um, so even at the very least, you, like you said, just change the creative, which is, you have same audience, same messaging, essentially different creative or different format. Um, so you mentioned going from an image to a video or carousel or whatever that may be. Um, that's huge. I also think depending on your audience, you may have to adjust your audience. I mean, yep. what happens is as marketers, we try to like capture lightning in a bottle a lot where you have, okay, we ran this one campaign and for this month during July, we had thousand leads at, you know, $2 per lead, right? Or however many purchases or whatever we're, we're trying to do. And so that is now the standard and anything else that doesn't live up to that standard is a failure, right? Whereas that could be the outlier. I mean, we have to be realistic in terms of that may never happen again. It was just, you know, that audience, Nobody that messaging that. that day, right? It, it worked out. And yeah, you you do want to set goals and you want to try to work towards that. But at the same time, don't be discouraged and kind of understand the metrics that you're looking at. So I certainly agree with you when you're saying you're going to reach a point where it's kind of the pinnacle and then you're going to start to see diminishing returns. So even on that downslope, I think you want to look at, is this still profitable for us? Are we still, yeah. it's not as good as it was, but are right. we going to throw everything out and just start because. over because our cost per lead went up by $5 or $10 compared to what it was two months ago, but it's still consistent, still profitable, still bring us quality leads that we're closing as a business. Yeah, let's start looking at other strategies, but let's not throw that out, right? So I would then maybe A-B test with that same audience so that you're not changing too many variables at once. Take a new creative um, maybe take a new messaging because you don't still, if you just run one ad to one audience, you don't know what exactly was the, the best part about that. Was it the creative? Was it the copy? Was it the experience and landing page or the form that they filled out? Was it the audience that you're actually targeting and how yep. that's structured? So in theory, the ad fatigue comes from showing the same offer to the same people too many times, right? There's kind of that sweet spot of, could be two impressions, could be seven impressions, yep. whatever it takes per person essentially within that list where the people who are going to convert have converted and the people who don't find that interesting are not finding that interesting anymore. So it could be your offer. It could be that they're not a good fit for your company. It could be that they didn't even, like you said, it didn't even resonate with them. They didn't even stop as you were scrolling through. So that's what you need to test. And then at that point, it may be the audience because you've already captured that captivated piece of the audience. So let's move on to a new audience. And then we have to kind of start over with that playbook because that same message, that same ad might not resonate with a new audience. One thing to also note, I've seen this before, is where you think it's ad fatigue, but it's really not. Does that make sense? Just because you're starting to see oh. a diminishing returns, you automatically think that, sure, you know, it must be that people aren't liking my ad. Just like you said, you may have to you have to really make sure that how many times are everybody seeing this ad before we call it an ad fatigue. Right. Well, that's <laughs> what I mean is that just because the numbers aren't, you, you saw a peak, you have to look at what's the outlier and what's the norm. So you ran the ad for three months and month one, it was, you know, $10 a lead. Month two, it was 
eight dollars a lead, right. and month three now. it was eleven dollars a lead. And so you look at that and you say, okay, well, we had eight dollars a lead, so it got better, and now it's getting worse. But you look at that over the course of three months, and the actual outlier was the eight dollars, right? Because normally it was ten or eleven dollars. So, and those are obviously we're splitting hairs in those scenarios, but you can see the same thing happen where it's it goes from twenty to twenty five to fifteen to eighteen to thirty, and then you know what I mean. And, and all of a sudden, it's like, well, it's thirty now. It used to be eighteen. You have to look at the level of competition. You have to look at possibility of ad fatigue or audience, you know, essentially exhaustion. So there's a lot of things that are going in. I don't know if we're getting off too far on a tangent for the question that was asked, but the short answer is you need to update your creatives. But what I guess what we're trying to say is don't throw it all away too soon. Yep. Um, have some sort of a schedule where you're doing every 90 days or whatever that may be, where you're updating at least some creative so that you're not uh, annoying your... Correct. Your, uh, if the engagements audience. start to go down, it's natural for the cost per click to go up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it could be that. Yeah. Uh, and we're, we're calling it ad fatigue, right? Anytime the engagement starts to go down, they're going to naturally show other ads with higher engagement above your yeah, ads you could in have, the news yeah, feed. Increased competition. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of stuff. Hey, thanks for listening. Solomon here. Are you frustrated because you're not getting enough inbound leads? You're worried that the leads that you're getting are not qualified? Or maybe you're disappointed in the conversion rate from the leads to customers, right? It's really, really low. Well, I got good news for you. I talk to business owners every single day. You're not alone, right? Businesses go through this when there is a lack of strategy sometimes. Uh, Maybe the approach isn't appropriate for your situation. Or sometimes you got all of those things right, but it was just poor execution. I'll tell you what, head over to oneims.com and fill out one of our forms. Talk to one of our consultants. That's all we do. We talk to business owners day in and day out. Share with us your challenges and see if we're a fit, right? See if we can find you a solution to your growing pains. You know, our hope here at OneIMS, and especially with this podcast, is to give you the tools, the technology, the ideas, the strategies, everything we possibly can for you to succeed. All right. So thank you for listening. And let's get back to our topic for the day. Next question. That is... What are the best PPC tools for SMBs, small, medium-sized businesses? Sure. PPC tools. That's a very confusing question. What are we talking about when we say tools? Yeah. So I think to clarify the question, yeah, PPC, pay-per-click, typically we would be looking at like Google Ads tools. I'm actually going to say, and maybe this isn't what the person was looking for, um, but I'm not a big fan of automated tools for an SMB to manage your campaigns. I'm a huge proponent of tools to research and strategize and then execute within the Google Ads platform themselves. So there are tools for maybe a larger company, a more enterprise company to manage your campaign, like a Marin or a Kenshu or something like that, that is a lot of automation, but you got to be already, you have to already be an expert in AdWords to then use that. You can't just Correct. jump to the automation. So within... It's only as good as what you tell it to do. Yeah. Any any kind of you know buzzwords around automating or automating any management of any marketing campaigns, even though we call it marketing automation, there's no, can eliminate that, that human um, sort of strategy and eye. So what I think the best PPC tools for an SMB marketer who's looking to research and understand, let's say, what their competition is doing, what the cost per click is, what the search volumes are, 
One would just be use uh, Google Keyword Planner. Um, they're going to get a lot of information on the search volumes and love cost per click, those sorts of things. Other third-party tools, things like um, SEMrush or SEMrush, depending on who you ask and how you pronounce what it. What part of country you're from. Um, but I call it SEMrush. SEMrush, um, they have both SEO and PPC data, but a lot of great PPC data, including showing competitors' spend levels, so you can kind of get a ballpark of what they're spending, cost per click, search volume, actual creatives from display and retargeting or remarketing ads. Uh, it's one of the only platforms that actually shows you the creatives just to get you an idea of what they're kind of doing. Then I'd also look at a tool called SpyFu uh, to give the same sort of ideas on spend level in general and then the top keywords that they're actually paying for. And then, I mean, there's other SEO tools like uh, Ahrefs that would actually show the same kind of idea. So I would kind of use a combination of tools to look at what the averages are, just kind of find that, I guess, maybe even just a median there between what is that cost per click and what is it going to be from an estimation standpoint. Nobody can accurately, even Google can't accurately tell you what that cost per click will be because Google works as an auction, right? And so there's so many factors that go into that and how much people are going to bid that as soon as you throw your hat in the ring, the cost per click could technically go up. So I would look at it just as an estimation, say, okay, well, I'm willing to spend $5,000 $5,000 a month. Let's look at what these keywords are. You know, are they $10 a click? Are they $1 a click? Are they $100 a click? Let's just see what what's going on here. And then look at what your competitors are spending. It should give you an idea. If you're going to spend $5,000, but they're spending $50,000, you might have to be pretty strategic with that. Uh, if you're going to spend $5,000 and all your competitors are only spending $2,000, you might not even need to spend $5,000, right? Or you can make sure you spend $5,000, but you're not going to maybe spend it from a search standpoint. So you look at display and remarketing to help increase that, or you look at other additional channels. So those are tools that I would I would use. I don't know if there's any other that, that you would recommend on top of that. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of tools. There's no shortage. MarTech is probably the most crowded space in yeah. the whole world. To me, it's like you said, it you know just depends on what you're trying to do. Um, if you're trying to automate, that would be the next step, you know, I don't know if you mentioned AdWords Express for a small business. Yeah, really small. I would right. say like a really small business. Exactly, tiny. Yeah. You know, actually, it's probably not even the size of the business. I think it'll probably be more on the industry. Sure. So just for everyone, AdWords Express is an AdWords account, Google Ads account. I don't know if they can call it AdWords Express anymore. Yeah. Ads Express. Um, I don't either. <laughs> Google changes their mind a lot. But so Google Ads Express, AdWords What do you Express. mean they change their mind a lot? <laughs> is essentially a automated and if you're just yep. listening to the podcast and making some <clears throat> kind of air quotes here yeah. automated version uh, so essentially you would say i am a plumber or i am a dentist or i am a you know local contractor you would type in your services your address and then your budget and then the rest of the campaign would be automated for you so that's why i say it's not as much as the size of your business is probably the industry that you're in, uh, a lot of those very well-defined industries are a lot easier for Google to say, okay, service, service area, here's a budget. Ad copy. I, yeah, here's the, I am a plumber and I'm in Chicago or I'm a contractor and I'm in, you know, wherever else, Detroit. And so you just put your service area, all the neighborhoods around Chicago, and then the services that you have, and then Google can automate and, and manage that bid. But if you're, and it does an amazing job, by the way. It, it's it's yeah, pretty it's, fancy. It's nice, 
but if you're in something a little more complicated, a little more yep. not as black and white, well, you cannot edit anything. Can't right. touch it. Right. Can't touch anything. Right. It's all read only. Yeah. So that's where I would I would say if you're in any really anything that's B two B that's a little bit less straightforward, I would I would then use the tools to do the research and build your own strategy within that Google Ads. All right. So those were the few questions that we got. We love these questions, don't you? Yeah. Keep sending in your uh, questions, Solomon. Where where can people submit One, their questions? Absolutely. Oneims.com slash podcast. We made it easy for you. Um, you could even go to our, uh, on the same website, Billy, you could even do a voice question to sem- simply send it in. Uh, and we'll uh, take a few of them and answer them as soon as we can in the next uh, round of episodes that we do. So thanks a lot for tuning in. Uh, and we will see you next time. All right, so if you enjoyed this episode, here are five things that you could do to help us. Number one, make sure you click that subscribe button so you never miss another show. Number two, share this with a friend that you know needed to hear this, all right? And three, leave us a comment. We love hearing your thoughts, your ideas, things that you've learned so others can learn from you. And four, if you have a topic that you'd like us to cover, Let us know so we can put that in our notes and share our insight All right, for our next episode or the one after that. And finally, you guys, join other growth marketers. Head over to oneims.com and check out all the resources that we have made just for you. I'm talking guides, webinars, blogs, videos, anything that could help you become a growth marketer. All right. So thanks a lot for joining us this week on the Growth Marketers Podcast, and I will see you next time.